good evening, actually. Oh yeah, wait, it is. It is evening. Usually when I'm doing this, it's in the morning. That's the plan, at least. For those of you wondering, I am talking to my wife right now. She <laughs> is with me on this episode. Welcome back. Welcome to The Word with Mitchell Weber and also Cora Weber today. <laughs> uh, we have a great episode ahead of us, um, but uh, before we begin, uh, a couple quick clarifying points from uh, last episode. So last episode, you guys kind of got a little bit of a, a gist of what uh, the goal and the purpose and the vision of uh, this podcast is. But after talking with my wife a little bit more, she has made me acutely aware of some of the things I needed to touch up on. And like I said, we, uh, we are all learning together <laughs> and bearing with one another as we are figuring out this uh, podcast. Um, but I wanted to clarify, and Cora, feel free to jump in. By the way, she'll get an intro here in a little bit. Uh, but I wanted to clarify that with this podcast, what we're doing with the goal and the vision, it's not just meant for people that have been Christians for 40 years, right? This is for those that have heard about Jesus a hundred thousand times, who've never heard about him, have maybe had a misunderstanding of him. This is what I hope to be, uh a good learning experience for us all. Um, I hope that we all get a better understanding of the gospel, who Jesus really is. Um, maybe we can clarify some questions or things people have heard. Um, but that's, that's kind of where we're at, what I hope to do uh, in these episodes. Does that, does that kind of cover what we were talking about earlier, Cora? I believe so, yes. Okay, perfect. Um, good. Well, that's, that's all I had in terms of clarification. But this evening, if I had the little applause button, I would absolutely press it right now. <laughs> like in those cheap, like in those uh, TV shows as a kid. like the, the signs that said clap now yeah, or yeah, something. Yeah, clap now, yeah, exactly. <laughs> but we have with us this evening, this uh, wonderful Saturday evening, my wife, Cora Weber. Hello. <laughs> <laughs> this is her first time. She's... She's a little bit nervous, but that's perfectly fine, because this is going to be great. But you uh, have to tell them why I'm nervous. Why are you nervous? Because... There's question number one. Because I talk a lot, and usually, based on facial expression, I know when I need to follow things up with clarifying <laughs> points. See, this is perfect. This is going to make for a perfect episode. But that's the thing, though. <laughs> I don't have a face in front of me that looks like a furrowed brow, or that's like, ah, sure. and you're like, okay, wait... I know that I said that. Let me explain. You can have my furrowed brow. But you you and I are very much on the same page these days. That's okay. That's okay. Um, welcome. Welcome to episode number one. Thank you. And for the audience, see, uh, we had a little bit of a discussion beforehand. Uh, as I mentioned, I think at the beginning of the podcast, that I didn't have my wife completely up to date on <laughs> the ins and outs of everything. We are now up to date, and it's wonderful. Uh, do you feel a little more... In the know? In the know? I do. Okay. Yeah, what a time Perfect. to be alive. <laughs> That's great. You know, I know I mentioned this a couple of weeks ago. Yeah. I, we're delaying the podcast. We're already four and a half minutes in. Um, <laughs> the, the FDR uh, fireside chat, sometimes I feel like that's what I'm doing here. A fire? Oh, yeah. <laughs> Gosh. We, I'm, the American people, this is your president speaking from the White House. That's, we're not doing it kind of feels like you're doing that. A little bit, You've been right? talking, yeah. but I don't feel like you've really been yeah, saying I'm not, anything. Yeah, I haven't gone anymore with it. Yeah. Anyways, <laughs> this is my wife. Uh, 
Cora, give us uh, give us just a little bit of a, a little bit of background. Like I don't, I mean, you can use your typical questions of favorite color, favorite food, but oh, uh, gosh. who are you? Who is the now? Who am I, Mrs. Cora Weber? Mrs. Just a brief Weber. background. You have to go in very deep detail. Um, all right. My name's Cora. Up until three months ago, it was Duran, so that's really weird. <laughs> um, I'm five four on a good day to give you a mental image. <laughs> I'm not a large human being. Mitchell always tells me I'm 5'4 with a 10-foot personality. That is true. That's true. Um, I don't know. It's not... I don't, I don't know. Anyways. Um, favorite color? Yeah. It'd be green. Okay. But not like a lime green. Sure. Though it used to be. Now okay. it's more of like a forest green. Oh. The kind... The kind that... That... Uh, I don't know. After it rains, it's like very mm. deep green, but it's still very vibrant. That's interesting. Um, I don't remember the other questions. Favorite food? I don't have a favorite food. <laughs> no, just, you know, we got a very good physical description. Gosh. Who am I? Yeah, who's I... Cora? What makes Cora? Well, I am half Mexican. Oh, okay. So there we go. that makes me a little bit fiery wow. at times, though I like to call it passionate. All right. Um... I don't. I don't really know. Who That's am okay. I? I, I love puns. It's really bad. <laughs> um, it, it's a problem. Besides that, I I don't know what you want. From I'll tell me. you what. This woman here, that's sitting to my left, <laughs> takes some of the most amazing uh, nature pics that I've ever seen in my life. Um, she's turned them into some canvases. I don't think. No, we didn't. That's right. We didn't hang up any in the office yet. Uh, but she's we turned just them into, moved. By yeah, the exactly. Way. Yeah. So we. Wow, was that two months ago now? Or was that a month ago? That was a month one ago. month ago. Yeah, yeah, one month ago. Just moved into our own place. Newlyweds in their own place. My goodness. There's boxes everywhere, don't worry. <laughs> yeah. All right. Thank you for that. I'm intro. sorry. That no, was that's really wonderful. bad. Okay. No, that, that's good. That's good. Anyways, appreciate the introduction. Mm -hmm. um, Cora, we have a couple questions for you. I'm and so sorry. I thought of something. Go for it. I grew up in Alaska. Oh, I'm a military yeah, that's right. kid. Okay. And so that's usually one of the conversation starters at any sure. new getting to know you group. Yeah. What's it like? Let me tell you. It's different. Mm -hmm. What's the food chain like? You're not at the top. There you go. I personally really like that. It's uh -huh. sort of a self elimination. You don't see the same um, feigned confidence like you do in the city. <laughs> city people feel like they can just cross the street and you will break for them. People oh, in Alaska. Some of those New Yorkers are Let tough. me tell you though, people in Alaska know if they cross the street and they see you coming, they're gonna go meet Jesus. Like, oh man. Maybe okay. not all the time. Sure. It depends where you are. Yeah. It's also changed a lot as a disclaimer to any of the people that are still up there. Gotcha. Okay. That's just how I like to describe it. That's no, that's good. Okay. Sorry. Back to no, you. That's fine. Yeah. Thank you. So, the uh, the intent of this podcast, and I'm so sorry we're eight minutes into this already, guys, but. Uh, We'll get serious here, I promise. So, this is kind of a segue, actually, into our, we'll say, the beginning of our psalm series. Uh, and as Cora and I were talking briefly beforehand, she gave me some good ideas for um, pausing and making breaks in the series, as I had mentioned in the pilot episode. So, I'm thinking after five or six episodes, we might take a pause, 
and uh, we'll bring Cora back, and um, we'll kind of discuss some of the things we were talking about, because they are, uh, they're very interesting and thought-provoking questions, and that's kind of one of the goals, too, with this podcast, is not to make you walk away with questions, as if we didn't cover anything, but at least to kind of prod the mind into thinking, okay, well, let's dig into that a little more, right? Uh, and as I said, this, this, hopefully this helps us draw us back to scripture, that we go back to scripture, we're testing what we're hearing against the word of God, so we can get a better understanding uh, of what we're hearing and what we're reading. Um, but Korah, you have uh, a very interesting testimony in terms of some, uh, a very large, we'll say, incident that happened in your life that mm-hmm. we'll say a good deal of people know about, but for the sake of the podcast, we'll assume nobody knows about. Okay. And I think you know what I'm talking about. Yes. Um, I would love, if you don't mind, mm-hmm. you can go into as much detail as you want, I'll be quiet, or <laughs> as little detail as you want, that's totally fine too. Um, walk us through your life before this incident, and I don't want to give it away, that's why I'm saying incident, before the incident, during the incident, and even after the incident. And you can kind of tie that with your faith, your experiences. Um, How far before are you wanting me to go? You, you can go as far back as you want. Don't feel limited by the time frame. Mm-hmm. Um, again, we don't necessarily have a time limit here on the podcast. Yeah, so but just, I don't want to waste anybody's time either. Sure, but I know... I think I hopefully did a good enough job of giving people uh, an interest to be intrigued uh, by some of your story, um, especially <laughs> yeah. after our eight minutes of fun there in the yeah. beginning. Yeah, do you have an, an incentive? Yeah, so the floor is yours. If you have any questions for me while you're talking about it, go for it. But uh, okay, so if I stand, if I understand this correctly, you're basically asking me to break down my faith walk. Sure, a little bit. Yeah. Okay. So in the beginning. I was not raised in a Christian home, I'll Mm. say. And so I didn't actually start to kind of really pursue God in that aspect until probably halfway through high school. Mm. So as a junior was when I actually got invited um, to a youth group and asked enough times where I finally said, yeah, I'll go. Long Mm. story short, ended up going to Cedarville Christian University. Um... But I honestly don't think I actually started taking my faith seriously until sophomore, probably sophomore or junior year Mm. at college at Cedarville. Mm. Um, And then the next year was senior year is when we started pharmacy school. So Mm. grad school. And there doesn't leave a lot of room um, for a social life or, I mean, honestly, any kinds of shenanigans, mm-hmm. but um, mostly was just active in the, volley- the volleyball intramural, of course, because yeah, nobody yeah. has time to be on an actual sports team. Actually, some people do, but <laughs> I certainly don't. I'm way too social. Um, but yeah, I had gotten connected with a really good group of ladies and even some wonderful you know, guys that were around mm-hmm. just walking together, and it was Oof. great. Um, so then first semester of... Pharmacy school, done, no problems, it's fine. Mm. Uh, I come back to school um, in, let's see, 
January of 2018 mm-hmm. to do to finish my second half of the first year of pharmacy school, which is when I was going to graduate with my bachelor's. So it was essentially the second half of my senior year when three weeks into the semester, I got in a car accident. Mm. And I'll say That's this. That's the incident I'm referring That is to. the incident, the, the really big car accident. Yeah. Um, so... It was the end of January, and so that's why I made sure I mentioned that I grew up in Alaska. I learned to drive in Alaska. We get tons of snow, um, but I will say I've not had a lot of experience with black ice. Mm. And so this is when I just throw a lot of shade at Ohio, because (laughs) when Alaska, it's wintertime, we commit to winter, and the roads are just covered with snow, and it's it's expected. You know, people kind of... The lanes disappear. You're just vigilant. Mm. You just do your best to drive safe. But here in Ohio, sometimes it'll snow, and then it'll melt, and it'll rain, and it'll freeze, and it'll snow, and so <laughs> the black ice, whatever. Um, but I was on my way to church on a Sunday morning. Um, mm. One of my really good friends and I would go to the early service and then volunteer for the second half. And um, this particular day... My friend did not come with me. Instead, I brought uh, another friend. Uh, She was a freshman, and I was obviously a senior. And so we're like, hey, come to church with us, and it was going to be great. Well, I hit black ice in Mm. my 2005 Kia Rio, and apparently um, like an F-150 did as well, coming the opposite direction, and we're on the back roads of Ohio. And so... Uh, we got in a head-on collision. I don't remember the actual accident, mm. um, but based on what I've, the story that I've heard from both my passenger and first responders and all that is that I was awake <laughs> and uh, responding inappropriately, as they tell me, meaning that they had asked me who I who I was, and I'd be like, "Man, it's a beautiful day." I don't know. <laughs> it's, it's a traumatic brain injury, right. but. Um, yeah, broke a lot of bones. Mm. Um, both of my legs, both of my femurs, one of them was what they call a compound fracture, meaning it broke skin and came out. Also broke my left arm, my humerus. That one also came out, and mm. there was a nerve that was just not where it should be. A um, couple ribs on the seatbelt, because I was wearing one. Mm. Um, and then my right lung collapsed. Also Things were broken in multiple places, but for the for the most part, that was it. Yeah. Um, so because I was pinned in my car, I you know they took the passenger away, and I was apparently yelling for her because I didn't want them to take her away. But she um, was good, you know, and she broke her femur pretty high up, but it was it was closed. Not to say that it all she did was just break her femur. It's still like the hardest bone in the body to break, mm-hmm. but. Um, Medically speaking, she was, quote-unquote, fine. Um, Meanwhile, they took 30 minutes to get me out of the car, and then they had to peel the roof out and then pull me out. And let me tell you, I don't remember the accident, like I said, but I remember the exact moment they pulled me out of my car through the roof, because like I said, they peeled the roof back, Mm -hmm. um, and it was so much pain that I left my body. Wow. I'm not sure I could say that it was like, like a choice that I made, that I sure. was like, I don't want to be here. But I, I do know that I left my body. Mm. Um, 
It just felt very surreal. I honestly, like, I don't think there's a way that I could explain it yeah. in a way that could actually make sense. It's right. like when you have dreams that you know that things happen and things don't actually make sense. Sure. Um, but, but yeah, I had a weird out-of-body experience. Didn't see anything, per se. I'm not going to sit here and tell you, like, I saw Jesus or mm. heaven or anything. No, it was just a weird out-of-body experience. Mm-hmm. Um, but then I woke up in the hospital, spent a month in the hospital... And then uh, another month, not in the hospital, before I was cleared to fly. And uh, took, let's see, we were back to Alaska. Mm -hmm. And then they said, hey, we don't have the necessary medical care for you. But, of course, they waited for us to be there before they told me. My dad, being active duty military, uh, was about to retire. And then they... I, just the way that it kind of lined up, he was able to stay in if he could, um, I'll say handpick where we got to go mm-hmm. to a facility that could give me the medical care that I needed. And that ended up being San Antonio, Texas. Mm. Um, so we packed everything up and moved. And then I spent the next two years just doing intense rehab. Um, honestly, relearning how to walk. I was in a wheelchair for three or four months. Wow. Crutches, honestly, probably the rest of the time. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, my parents, I know they didn't have to do that for me, but they were there. Uh, it was really hard, mostly because you go from using your brain all day, every day in pharmacy school to mm. not having anything to do. Yeah. Um, and so, I mean, honestly, I think I struggled with anger towards mm-hmm. God of why would he let this happen to me? I've I've not really uh, done anything wrong. Well, I'm not saying I'm not a sinner. I was just saying, like, I hadn't... Mm. I was like, what did I do to deserve this, essentially? Which is not a healthy mindset, I recognize. But in the time, those were my feelings. And uh, over time, though, I felt, you know, God kind of mold my heart a little more. And Mm. uh, I look at it a lot differently now. Uh, When I finally was, you know, surgeries later, trying to fix me, I broke hardware, and then Mm. all the surgeries that I had at first weren't, uh, I guess, long-term fixes. I honestly don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, not, I'm not saying anything bad about them. I, I think they did the best they could with the circumstance. You know, right. at first you're just trying to make sure that they're, that they get to live. Right. Um, considering I was at risk to lose at least two limbs and mm-hmm. I am sitting here with all of my limbs yeah. and Praise can God. move everything within reason. Praise God. Certain, uh, Certain nerves don't feel the way they should, but, you know, that's the least of my worries at this point. Yeah. Um, so then, yeah, I got to go back to school in 2020. The Cedarville professors were a, such a blessing to me while I was away. Um, the now, act, well, now the dean wasn't the dean back then, mm. but uh, he would check on me and just make sure I was doing okay, kind of ask, hey, like, are you going to come back? No pressure. What's your plan? So mm. that he could help me if I wanted to come back. Um, and I did eventually. And, uh, I mean, I didn't really have a good, I'll say support system cause we just moved there and then we barely knew anybody, mm-hmm. um, both in San Antonio and when I came back to Ohio. Um, but when I did come back, I joined, um, between first and second semester of the existing pharmacy class. And so everyone had already made their friends, Mm -hmm. which is difficult in general. But, um, you know, there was a 
tall individual that Wanna caught my eye very briefly. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, and so it's just, it's very interesting because even with, with the anger that I had felt in my heart as I was mm. wrestling with the situation that I was in, I did have a couple nurses and sometimes like physical therapists and whatnot ask me what happened. You know, they always yeah. do. Um, and I would tell them and they're like, oh, wow. Like if, if that's not a reason to go to church, you know, I don't know what is. Mm. And I didn't like those kinds of comments because yeah. I'm like, I understand that something bad happened to me when I was on my way to church, but, but I found myself in a position defending the very God that I was angry, mm. that I had anger towards. Um, and I just remember, I would tell people, you know, it's like, hey, the way that I see it, if, if one, I'll say measly in air quotes, if one measly car accident could defer me from my core beliefs, mm. how, how deeply did I hold them? Wow. How deep did I hold them? Mm. Um, and so, I mean, honestly... I don't know. It just just kind of felt like yeah. I I wouldn't say that that God and I were ever not walking together, mm-hmm. but I can certainly say I let go of his hand multiple oh. times. Yeah. And I feel like in certain situations he still like grabbed me by the back of my collar just to make sure I didn't stray too far as I yeah. have had a tendency to do in the past. And mm-hmm. uh you know, I when push come to shove people saying bad things about my God. I'm like, not today. And I kind of <laughs> stepped up in that aspect. But yeah. now when I look back, considering the timing of everything, mm-hmm. I mean, first of all, I grew so much in those two years mm-hmm. um, because I, I was, I wouldn't say I was alone. I wasn't. I had my parents, you know, my sister yeah. was there for a time. Yeah. Um, I'm not going to say it was like all alone. Nobody to talk to. But it's like my friends, they were all in Ohio still. You know, and some of them were, in Alaska still, you know, and it's just yeah. a weird place to be. And it's a lot of emotions to work through. Mm. Um, and I did have to work through them for the most part by myself. Uh, I did make a lot of phone calls, talk to a bunch of friends, but I'm saying they were not sustainable. Mm-hmm. Uh, I did find myself going to church, finding a church down there and, and going religiously, excuse my pun. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, uh, through that, I found such encouragement. I found oh. every Sunday oh. feeling absolutely refreshed. And I was like, you know what? He's still there. Mm. And oh. and it didn't, you know, nothing changed. And, you know, one of, the, one, of, I'll say the, one of the worst days I think I was handling my pain as best I could, mm. even with the narcotics, there was a specific sermon where mm. Pastor... He's talking about God doesn't waste your pain. Mm-hmm. He's going to take it, not not for gain. I don't want to sound cheesy. But it's just like, hey, yeah. like it has a yeah. purpose. It's right. not going to be wasted. We can see that all throughout Scripture. Mm-hmm. And so I was like, you know what? I'm going to choose to believe that. Don't know what it is, but it's going to happen. It's going to be great. <laughs> and then, uh, wow. you know, find this tall, lanky guy. And I'm like, <laughs> had I not gotten in the accident, I, yeah. I never would have met you. We were, what, two school years apart because of the two years that I took off. Technically one, yeah. but you took two years off. Yeah, so... Go, go ahead. It's all right. <laughs> jump in real quick. So, when when your accident... What year was your accident? My 2017. accident was 2018 in January. Yeah. Oh, that's off to a bad start there, audience. <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, 2018. Let's see. I went my first year, 2015 to 16, was freshman year. 16 to 17 was sophomore year. Mm-hmm. 
And then 18, and okay, yeah, so 18 was when I went to Kansas. Yes. So I went to Kansas for two years um, for uh, just a couple reasons. And um, it was when I went to Kansas is when her accident happened. And you said you were out for two years. two years, and I was down in Kansas for two years. When it should have been one, because right. you only needed a third year. Well, no, I needed, the way my schedule kind of got messed up in Kansas. But my point is, had you not left, you would have been one year. Oh, yeah, yeah, I see, I see what you're saying. Yeah. Yeah, so, we, and so if I would have stayed, we more than likely wouldn't have met. Wouldn't have met. Had something not happened, had you not gone to Kansas, had something not happened to me, Right. we never would have met. Mind you, I applied to five or six different pharmacy schools. Uh, two of them I never heard back from. And I got denied at the other two. I only got the acceptance one from Cedarville. And see, and that's radically different from my experience because Cedarville was the only school I applied really? to. Really? Okay. Gotcha. Not that I was like, my eggs were all in one basket. I just, I was, I didn't want to do a college search. I just wanted to be done. <laughs> <laughs> I don't blame you. So, I'm sorry. But no, you... that, that's my point. And mm-hmm. then had that not happened... Right. Never would have met you, so it's like okay, there is value in that. Mm. But then I also saw um, that there was a difference in the way that I related to my patients. Wow. Because once you've been a patient, you know, and I'm not yeah, saying you yeah, can't sure. understand unless you've been a you could. You, compassion is real, empathy exists, but being the patient that's like, hey, this isn't working. I need I need something for the pain. And then we're, you know, told about opioid epidemic and all these people mm. that just want. And I'm like, you know what? There there are people like that. I'm sure there are. Yeah. But you can't go thinking that everyone is that person, you know? Mm. It just sure. it just really opens some doors. And so Absolutely. I don't know if that answers your no, question. That yeah, absolutely. <laughs> that was that was that was amazing. Um, thank you for, for sharing for sharing that. I know it's I, I know you've made peace with those memories, but I know it's still sometimes difficult to kind of walk through them every once in a while because it was such a traumatic experience but uh you do have such a unique and interesting perspective about it that i think is it it speaks to a lot of people it's very interesting to me especially medically because my my mind you i don't remember much of the time in the hospital the number of drugs that i was on however my mother has told me repeatedly she was approached by doctors that would be like, hey, I'm not sure she's going to make it. Mm. And if she does, I'm not sure she's going to have two legs. I'm mm. not sure she's going to keep her arm. If we can't do this, she might not make it, you know. And, like, that that's terrifying to hear yeah. as a parent. Well. Um, and, you know, my friends and the professors were also taking turns at the hospital, which <laughs> I did not know because I was, <laughs> like, in a coma. Right. But um, to be here today and have full function of both legs... Mm. You know, I had doctors tell me, you may never walk, you never walk the same way again. Your walk will be different. Or, you know, even when I met you, I did limp, you know, Mm. because I I just wasn't where I am today. And they told me I'd be lucky if I got, um, you know, a a greater range of motion or Mm. if I could dance again. That's another thing. I love to dance. (laughs) Um, And here I am. My my range of motion in every single limb is more than what they thought I would get. Mm. Um, I do dance around in the kitchen, you know, I even, you know, you went and helped me try to get back in the volleyball courts Mm. again. And like, those are things that I had to make peace with not having anymore. And I'm not saying that was my identity, but I'm Mm. saying 
you get used to, you know, you and your basketball. You love basketball. Mm-hmm. It's a part of you. It's maybe not who you are. Sure. Um, but when you lose that, you're kind of like, wow, well, what else is there? Yeah. And during my two years of rehab, when my body was done after, you know, hours of physical therapy, I had to find different things to get into and different ways to, I don't know, be useful <laughs> um, and find joy because it wasn't in the ways that I was used to it. Wow. No, that's... Uh... That actually raises a couple of questions. That's a great okay, uh, yeah. segue. I love so, questions. Kind of, kind of going back. Uh, we're going, to, we're going back to the beginning. Um, it seems a little out of order, but we'll get to these other questions. So, y- you mentioned that you didn't you you considered that the home you grew up wasn't necessarily a Christian home. Like mm-hmm. you don't like, is that is that correct? Am I? Yeah. Okay. How then? Because I'm I'm always intrigued. I love hearing about how. I think the quote or saying goes, God grabbed a hold of you. Mm-hmm. What, like, what was that? Do you remember? Um. If you don't, that's fine. Honestly, I'm not sure that there's a, singular a moment. moment. A singularity. I can tell you I remember when I got saved. Okay. But that's not the same time as when God got my attention. That's fine. I so don't. So you, you'd consider it something that happened over a, 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 a period of time. Yeah, there okay. was probably a year or two yeah. when I was like, well, I don't know. Who even is this guy? Sure. This is Jesus guy. I don't yeah. know. And I spent a good year or two um, trying to figure out if it was something I was even remotely interested in mm. because I knew of Christians. There were some Christians in my school, and I did not agree with a lot of them. Yeah. I didn't think that the way I saw them treat people or ways that I saw them felt like they were treating me, and not all the time did that align with what I thought they believed. Yeah. That was really hard for me. Mm. Um, but then going to the youth group yeah. for a couple times, and I was like, I don't know, you know. I was a busy high school student, AP classes, I sure. was working, and then, of course, the uh, college classes or whatever. But um, I will say that while I was still making up my mind, I had one of the pastors... Uh, ask me if I would go on one of the camps. I think it's called a camp. Okay. Yeah. Um, but I was already a high schooler. I was like, oh, I don't, I don't know. He's like, well, you'd be like an adult leader. I was like, I don't think you want me leading these people. Mm-hmm. And he's like, no, trust me, it'll be great. And, uh, and he believed in me and that was very encouraging, but I was like, I don't know a lot of things. Are you sure you want me like speaking life into these sure. kids? Um, but we went and it was, it was wonderful and I absolutely loved it. It pushed me out of my boundaries because I, I'll say my out, the outside was like, yeah, she's a Christian, but on the inside I was like, I don't know, maybe like maybe Mm. 80%, but I wasn't committed. I was like, I, I, in my heart, I could have easily turned away. I was still trying to figure it out. However, um, being, I don't want to be like the oldest, but some of the oldest among the oldest there being able to pour into these young girls that are having the same questions that I did not too long ago, you know? Um, and I remember it was during one of like the worship services or something that the uh, pastor made an altar call and was like, Hey, if you really feel like he's speaking, like God's saying something to you Mm -hmm. come down. And I was like, man, I really need to go down there. But I was like, I don't know if I can because I'm supposed to be this leader who's already saved. Mm -hmm. And I I was so moved. And I remember being moved to tears. And then I feel a tug on my sleeve. 
And it's this little girl that I had been just, she scraped her knee on our 5K and I just took her in. I think it was like a mama bird or something, right? And she tugged on my sleeve and she's like, hey, will you go up with me? Mm. And that's all the excuse that I needed (laughs) because I was like, yes, absolutely. But, Mm -hmm. but it like, yes, I would have gone for her, but it was definitely for me. And I remember that moment because that's when I was like, yeah. And they were, you know, gave the analogies of like, hey, this means you write a blank check and you say, Mm -hmm. God, whatever you have in store, I'm willing. I remember being so willing. And I remember in all of my sifting through varying degrees of anger that came up, came back to mind. And I was like, I did sign a blank check. That means if I would have been in a wheelchair for the rest of my life, that should have been enough. Mm. So, well. Did I answer your question? Absolutely. Okay. So <laughs> Sorry. And that, that actually kind of that does segue into the next one too. Okay. Uh, y- you mentioned, you know, we kind of heard about your your activity level, your life before mm-hmm. the accident. And tell me if this is a question that's too intrusive. Okay. Um. You, where you are now? Mm-hmm. I mean, praise praise the Lord, and shout out to the doctors and first responders for getting you back to mm-hmm. really where you are now um, and really the healing that takes place. I'm probably over explaining myself. That's mm-hmm. all, all due to God, right? Um, but you're not able to do the things that you used to yeah. do, mm-hmm. like play volleyball. Like, I mean, you can still hit the ball around. It's really cool. You not, can st- yeah. But maybe not to <clears throat> the same degree that you did before the accident. Mm-hmm. Um walking upstairs, walking in general, being able to run, yeah. right? Some of those freedoms. Mm-hmm. How in the world did you cope with that and come to terms with that, knowing that that's what you had and it's been kind of stripped from you? How did I cope with not being able to do the things that I used to love? Yeah. Um, that might be a, that's a big question. It so. is no, it is a really big question. However, I think it has layers. Okay. Um, and so it was very gradual. I will sure. I'll be completely honest. Yeah. Um, honestly, while I was in a wheelchair talking to my physical therapist for the first time, I remember asking him, like, Hey, do you think I'll ever play volleyball again? Mm. And he didn't even hesitate. He said, Absolutely not, and he laughed. Wow. And that broke me because it was so important to me. Mm-hmm. Not because, you know, obviously I was not even, I didn't even play for the college. I just played intramurally. I had fun with my friends. It was kind of like one of those excuses where you're like, hey, you've been studying all day. Come play volleyball with us. Like it was just super fun. My sister taught me a lot of good memories there, Mm. right? Um, So not being able to do that, I will admit, I think I had let a little bit of my identity Mm. rest in that. I had let a little bit of my identity rest in the fact that I loved to dance. I loved, Mm. um, I was a Zumba instructor that year um, with the school, actually. That was very interesting. Um, (laughs) Getting an email that's like, hey, I'm assuming you're not doing this. I'm like, you would be correct. Mm. Um, But I remember my mom also being my biggest cheerleader. She Mm. would show me videos of, violin prodigy who lost her arm and Mm. somehow was able to still play you know and I'm like I don't have that kind of dedication (laughs) however it's possible and I'm not saying that like I thought I was gonna grow back the parts of me that were lost but I was acutely aware of the fact that I still 
had a very functional mind. Mm. And I grew under the mindset of, okay, I can't be active right now, mostly because after physical therapy, I was done for the day. You could find me on the couch the rest of the day, right? (laughs) Um, And so I'm like, okay, I got to find something to do. Well, Mm -hmm. I did take a couple classes, right, just to keep my mind active. However, a lot of it was reading Mm. because I love to read. And when I was in school, I didn't have time to read. Yeah. And I started trying to think of what would bring me joy because I'm not going to lie. I did get very depressed during that time. Mm-hmm. I think I think it's very understandable. Um, so just trying to do things that brought me joy within mm-hmm. reason. So you know, we started cooking a lot more. Um, yeah. That was actually a therapeutic thing. Mm-hmm. Like we did physical therapy at the rehab center like once or twice a week to cook mm-hmm. because you don't realize what you're doing when you're enjoying doing it. Yeah. And so it was very interesting. My my mom is very guilty of this too. So she started getting me uh, back into like crochet oh. because it served as physical therapy for my arm. Mm, so it would okay. hurt, but it would hurt good. You know, I don't know if that makes sense. That <laughs> yeah, sounds yeah. really weird. But you're like, oh, okay, that's that's wonderful. And mm. then, um, you know, we, we had a lot of conversations. Uh, we started having kind of like coffee and talking or yeah. playing cards or just having a lot more quality time. The biggest struggle for me mm-hmm. was slowing down wow. because when I was in school, I literally occupied every hour of every day. Mm-hmm. I didn't, I wouldn't say I didn't want to be alone, but I didn't have an hour. Where I was like, maybe I'll just watch Netflix. Like I did not have that kind of time mm-hmm. um, wow. to just all I have is time. And so learning to be at peace right. um, Instead of feeling restless. Mm. For me, that was a really big struggle sure. until I found it. And I'm like, man, this is this is amazing. <laughs> um, just being able to, you know, for me, I, I, was, I was reading. Yeah. And I told you a lot of the books that I've read that right. I, I keep recommending to you. And you are in your own books. And that's <laughs> fine. Um, but it was, it was a time of growth. And yeah. I had to consciously redirect my thinking. Yeah. Uh, because my sister, I would affectionately... Uh, call a gym rat so she'd be like you just you know you just have to try harder and and I get that to a certain point but um it was not in the cards for me at at that time Mm. and walking you know baby steps I push myself physically I'd be like okay that's that's it for there and play with a dog or something get some (laughs) sun honestly just being able to be outside and uh I don't know grasp what little attempt I could at feeling normal mm. was a really big struggle. Yeah. Um, wow. But then I did get back into things as I got braver and less afraid of hurting myself uh, to the point where now we dance in the kitchen. We do. We, <laughs> unashamedly, we dance in the kitchen. <laughs> yeah. That's good. Well, I, I don't think volleyball is in the cards, and sure. that's still hard sometimes, but no. but it's not, it's not something that bogs me down anymore right. because... I have other things to offer and right. I've sort of changed my right. mindset and wow. I, I love, I love volleyball and I yeah. think it's phenomenal. I love, you know, I love to watch it still sometimes, which is really sad, but, um, I value one-on-one coffee time mm. and I don't need really all of my limbs to do that. <laughs> <laughs> um, and so that's actually something I started doing was yeah. I got on one of the apps, I think it's like Marco Polo mm-hmm. and started reaching out to some friends and if, you know, cause they're busy, so I was like, okay, I won't need to coordinate a FaceTime date necessarily, mm-hmm. but we would make like 
videos for each other and it's just conversation because i needed relations well you know because we're we're meant to have community and i didn't have it and Mm. i felt that void so i built my own community (laughs) and it was phenomenal and it it fulfilled me because we would talk about things and i was going to church and feeling like a useful human being instead Mm. of like what i felt to be as like a a couch potato yeah wow no that's so you Correct me if I'm wrong. It mm-hmm. sounds like it was heavily reliant upon the perspective you chose to have during your circumstances. Yeah, I wouldn't. Do not hear me say I modeled it perfectly. No, I, yeah. I also have heard from my parents that um, narcotics really did change my mood, mm-hmm. and I was very snippy and. I would dare say probably more depressed because mm. all I wanted to do was sleep and then I was yeah. in pain and I'd take my sleep. You know, it's right. not it's not conducive. Um, but I, I, I do think it's a mindset thing. I won't always say I made the best choice. Mm. I'm sure I made plenty of mistakes. Um, but I thought there's either, either I, I could let this beat me yeah. or I could figure out how to leverage it to be a better mm. testimony. Amen. Wow. Um, that's great. Yeah. That's, Sorry, that's a long-winded response. Nope, that, that's, <laughs> no, that's exactly what we're looking for. Um, last question here, as we start to kind of bring things to a close. And I know it's it's a big question. Okay. Uh, you can try and do it in a couple sentences, <laughs> but if you need them, well, that, that's, that's totally fine. Going back to... Uh, your statement. Um, I'm probably going to butcher it here and you might have to uh, remind me of it again. But uh, I believe you said that when the accident happened and people kind of questioned why would you keep going to church, you said if, and you said, you know, quote unquote, a measly car accident caused me to turn away from God, how much, how deeply did I actually believe? Is that, is that right? Uh, roughly, yeah. This, again, this is kind of a loaded question, but why? Why, 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 why like, in most people, and even, you know, I've even caught myself sometimes, like, er, early on in, in my walk, when, when things would happen, but... If, you, if you're an outsider looking in, who's maybe not necessarily a believer, doesn't know Jesus, they might they might hear your story mm-hmm. and hear that you're still pursuing Christ. Mm-hmm. I would say at an accelerated rate, right? Increasing in maturity. They might be asking, some people might ask, why? Why, if this terrible thing was allowed into your life, why on earth would you continue pursuing a God that would allow that to happen to you. So that's the question you're asking me to unpack. Okay. (laughs) Um, I can only tell you what I thought personally. Sure. Uh, From my perspective, I chose, again, that I don't don't know if this is normal. In various moments of my life, I I can feel a literal fork in the road Mm. where I have a choice and I can choose A or B. And they lead very different paths, right? right? Um, When the accident happened, uh, 
I don't want you to hear that I still was full of hope and joy. No, and, yeah. and you know, I, I am now. But yeah. I, I'm, to be perfectly honest, I was not at all mm. times. Um, why would I continue to pursue a God who would allow such a bad thing to happen to me? Yeah. Is that is that the question? Yeah. All right. Well, I mean, there's a lot of different ways you could go with this. Sure. For, I don't know, the the latter year mm-hmm. of my rehab, I held very tightly to Romans 8.28 before mm. the show Manifest took it into a different direction. <laughs> I'll just say that. Um, but it says, um, all things work together for good mm. for those who love the Lord according to his purpose, mm. his or her own purpose, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and so I chose to believe that I was like, you know, I don't, I don't know what's going to happen with this. And I won't tell you, I understood it perfectly. And then I was overjoyed to be in such pain. Mm. But what did happen was I pictured the damage it would do if, I don't know, if, you know, they're like, oh, she was this one person who claimed to love the Lord, and then mm. she got in a car accident, and now she's in the opposite direction. Now she doesn't believe. Yeah. It's like, okay, just because bad things happen doesn't mean that God's not with you. Mm. Um, and that took me a long time to realize, actually, the whole, you know, because there's free will, he loved you enough to make you choose for yourself. Because if... If there was only good, you don't have a choice. We're basically like clay puppets. And mm-hmm. we're not we're not that. We have free will. Um, and so personally, I just thought to be able... Maybe, maybe, okay, I wouldn't say I'm a competitive person, generally. And I hear you <laughs> laughing. However, I am very competitive against myself. Mm. I want to beat myself. I don't know if that's really weird. Um... But I was like, okay, I have made it through far too much to be beat by something like this. Mm. And I had never been to a point in my life where my body didn't work. So it was a different battle. You know, you're like, I want to do better. Mm. Why are you hurting? And so it's it's interesting. (laughs) Um, I don't know if I can give you a very, like, a, a direct answer to that question. And I don't know that you can. No, but but I will say that... I chose to believe that God is in control of mm. every single thing that happens on this earth. Yeah. Whether that's good and whether that's bad, I don't think it surprises him. Mm. And I do think that through unfortunate circumstances, good things can arise. Mm. And so I was like, you know, it's it's going to work. I don't know how. Yeah. It's going to be great. Mm. And... I honestly don't know where that mentality came from. I really don't. <laughs> but I was like, you know what? This can't be it. This mm. can't be what I'm supposed to be miserable for the rest of my life. Like, well, no, there's more to life than that. Yeah. Don't can't see it right now, but right. I know that it's there. Wow. Um, and you know, my sister went and joined the Navy. I was like, bye, best friend. It's fine. <laughs> um, no, but and that was fine. But it's just like you know, there's certain things where you're like, oh my gosh, is this it? Like, there mm. can't, there can't be. And then even starting school, not having any friends, you know, and you had your own friend group too. So we weren't <laughs> friends. 
And then COVID hit, you know, like yeah. it's all these things. But I was like, you know what? Yeah, COVID hit. There's not a lot of people outside. But where we were, mm-hmm. I was like, I'm going to go outside. Because there wasn't a lot of people. So yeah. I was like, we're going to go. And there was peace out there too. Mm. And then I saw you. And you were just wandering around the lake. And I was like, <laughs> I know that guy. <laughs> um, yeah. And so now yeah. I'm able to see, like, just, just picture this. Mm-hmm. In order... One, for our paths to cross, for us to be able to have enough interaction that you would notice me, (laughs) and then for us to end up married, okay, Mm. I had to go through the car accident, for one. For two, I had to go through the unforeseen surgical complications that Mm. made me take the extra second year. Right. You had to go through your financial situation that made you leave Cedarville and go Mm -hmm. to a state school for not the one year you were supposed to, but two years and then come back. Mm -hmm. Like I'm sure that neither of us were absolutely jumping for joy at our unfortunate circumstances in that time. Mm. But if you knew how blessed you would be, Mm. you know what I mean? Yeah. And so you, you could have chosen to just, you know, be like, man, this really sucks. And, (laughs) maybe would not be wrong but you're like no for me romans right. eight twenty eight, it will work together for good don't know how mm-hmm. and you know and those two years i made so many memories with my mom that i cherish yeah. we laughed about so many dumb things she saw me on drugs and we <laughs> laughed about that like it's those are memories that i will cherish for the rest of my life right. you know and i got to be there for my sister when honestly i'm not sure i would have mm. if i was still really busy with pharmacy school. Mm. I met some really great people in the the physical rehabilitation program with the Wounded Warriors Project and, like, all of my therapists, you know, and their friendships, Mm. like, mean a lot to me. I learned so much from these people who dedicated years and years of their life and didn't complain, you know, and it's like, my situation doesn't even compare to theirs. Right. And they're... I don't know, making the making the most of it. Mm-hmm. I think there's something to be said for someone, you know, who makes the most out of the situation. Oh. Mm-hmm. I'm so sorry. That was a really long winded response. No, that's wonderful. So I'll end with this. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Things don't end up best for some people, uh-huh. right? That's not just how it goes. It's not luck of the draw. Mm-hmm. Things turn out best for those who make the best out of the way things turn out. Mm. Okay? And I was determined to be that person. (laughs) So, yeah, when I hit my metal screw on a shelf with my cousin at Walmart, I took my opportunity. And with tears in my eyes, I was like, my phony bone. Because it wasn't my real bone. It was was a fake bone, a phony bone. And I'm so proud of that moment. Because I saw it and I seized it. And, (laughs) you know, and I have fun with it. It took me a while to get to that point before Mm -hmm. it wasn't, you know, it was really hard to talk about. But now I'm just like, yeah, that's a chapter in my life. It's made me a stronger human being. Mm. If given the option, I cannot tell you that I would choose to be in that situation. But having gone through the flames, I'm very proud of it. Mm. Amen. That's all I have to say about that. (laughs) usually end with thank you for coming to my TED talk I usually do <laughs> no thank you um, thank you so much Cora for uh, being willing to uh, be vulnerable and honest about a lot of these things um, not always easy but uh, it, it's very encouraging to hear your perspective and 
what you have chosen to do with what has happened and what you have been given. Um, I think that's wonderful. So thank you for sharing. Um, that wraps it up for the evening. We appreciate uh, you guys li- uh, listening in. Again, Cora, thank you for sharing. I hope we can kind of draw from this. draw, Take something away from this uh, in terms of the perspective that we have really day in and day out. Uh, how are you going to choose to act? And uh, the, despite your uh, circumstances, what your circumstances are, how are you going to... How are you going to act? Who are you going to be uh, when those situations arise? Whether they're good or whether they're traumatic, um, it matters. But this is a this is a great way, actually, a great uh, transition uh, into next week's um, episode when we start our psalm study, uh, when we're looking at David and the circumstances that were surrounding him. Um, he maybe, as Cora said, let go of God's hand. Um, but he kept his gaze on Christ. And I think that's, uh, I think that's something, his response in the end, I think, is something that we can uh, work on, all of us, really. I'll be the first to admit I need to work on it daily. Um, but something that we can uh, keep on our minds daily, as uh, I think it's either Matthew Henry or the famous Charles Spurgeon says, that uh, we are mere sojourners, on this earth, meaning we're we're here uh, for a short time. This is like a, a hotel visit. This is an Airbnb, right? We're here for a little while, uh, but we have eternity to come. Yeah, and with that, yeah. one of Spurgeon's quotes that got me through that time. I know I just keep talking. That's I'm really sorry, but he says, "The cross that you bear is mm. never so heavy as the chains from which you were once freed." Wow. Amen. That's good. We should just stop the episode right now. We certainly can. <laughs> yeah. My no. name's Cora. I have no torso. <laughs> I take long, thoughtful pauses, and I'm trying to work on it. No, but thank you for your wisdom, Cora. Thank you for sharing. Um, with that, we'll wrap it up. Appreciate you all. We love you. Thank you again for tuning into The Word with Mitchell Weber and Cora Weber. And Cora, yeah. Good night. <laughs>